0: Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 13. And this is a parable of of Jesus. We're studying the life of Christ. And we look at this parable of our Lord, one of his parables that he spoke. And here's what Luke records. Then one from the crowd said to him, that is said to Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Now, sometimes in that time, there would be disputes, family disputes about property and inheritance and things like that. They really didn't have much of a court system to handle that kind of thing. So often, those who were in those disputes would turn to rabbis, and uh, they would ask rabbis to help settle the family disputes, and apparently this guy had been listening to Jesus, and he was disputing with his brother about, how to divvy up the inheritance left uh, to them by the parents. But he, that is Jesus, said to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbiter over you? In other words, Jesus said, this is an issue that you should settle yourself. You know, Uh, the, the, the guidelines are very clear how this issue should be settled. And so, you know, follow the guidelines, uh, follow the, the established principles of how an inheritance should be divided. And then Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, and notice I'm going to give emphasis to certain words as I read what this man is saying to himself. What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then, whose will those, will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Of course, today is January 1st, the new year. Did you know that there is a connection actually? between April 1st, April Fool's Day, and January 1st. The history of the, what we call April Fool's Day is quite interesting. The explanation of how that originated, how April 1st became April Fool's Day, is given in this way. April Fool's Day originated in the Middle Ages, when the calendars were changed from the Julian to the Gregorian calendar. The Julian calendar was based on the moon, on the passages of the moon, the Gregorian calendar based on the sun. We follow the Gregorian calendar today. The first year, the first day of the year on the Julian calendar was April 1st. While the first day of the year on the Gregorian calendar was January 1st. Now, there were some who refused to change calendars, and so they continued to celebrate New Year's Day on April 1st instead of January 1st. And those people who refused to change the New Year's Day to January 1st were called April Fools. And that's where the origination of April Fool's Day came from. Now, according to its context in Scripture, the word that is translated fool has a varied, uh, many varied meanings. It can, mean, it can mean mindless. It can mean stupid. It can mean ignorant. It can mean egotistical, rash unbelieving or unwise all of those different uh, adjectives can be used as a definition for the word fool. Now we're very familiar with the fact that the Bible tells us that we are not to call anybody a fool Jesus taught us that but God who is God and God who knows the mind and the heart of all people can call somebody a fool Because God is able to do that. He's able to see what we cannot see into the heart and the mind of people. And God calls the rich man in this parable a fool. And so that prompts this question. What makes a person a fool in the estimation of God? How does God define a fool? Well, as you look at this parable and as you look at what Jesus said in these verses, we can find God's definition of a fool. Now, no one wants to be a fool in any sense of the word, but you certainly don't want to be considered a fool when it comes to God's estimation of who we are. And so what makes a person a fool in the eyes and in the heart of God? Well, first of all, a fool is someone who leaves God out of their life. Being a fool is not a matter of intelligence. Being a fool is not a matter of the head. But being a fool is a matter of the heart. There are many intellectually brilliant people in the world today, people who have high IQs, people who have tremendous achievements based on their mental ability and their ability to do things. There are many people like that who fit the Bible's definition of a fool. According to the Bible, A fool is someone who leaves God and that is the God of the Bible out of their life. They just live their life as if there is no God. There are two kinds of atheists in this world. There are practical atheists or professing atheists and professing atheists say we don't believe in God. But there also are practical atheists, that is, people who may say there is a God, but they live their life as if there is no God. There's no context of God in their life. And so according to the Bible, a fool is someone who just leaves God out of their life. You're familiar with this verse, Psalm 14, verse 1. The fool has said in his heart, see, not in his head, But the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Now in the original language, in the Hebrew, in the original language, that verse literally says this. It's translated into English one way, but listen to the literal translation in the original language of that verse. The fool has said in his heart, no God for me. A fool is one who refuses to give God the place that God should have in their life. And so there's a lot of people who are brilliant people, smart people, successful people, famous people, people who everybody knows. What's a Taylor Swift? What is that? See, I know I'm not up to date and I know I'm not as hip perhaps when it comes to stuff like that as I need to be. But who is that? Maybe a wonderful person. I don't know. But a fool is someone who refuses to give God the place that God should have in their life. Now notice that the rich man in this parable makes no mention of God whatsoever. In verses 17 through 19, and I read it with emphasis, The rich man refers to himself 11 times. I, my, mine. 11 times he refers to himself, but he never once mentions God. In a very real sense, the man in this parable is an ungodly man. Now, usually when we talk about someone being ungodly, We associate ungodliness with wickedness and immorality and debauchery and someone who is openly evil. But in reality, the the correct definition of someone who is ungodly is this. An ungodly man is anyone who just leaves God out of their life. They live as if there is no God. They live as if they are not accountable to God. They live as if there is no God for whom they should worship or to whom they are accountable. So this man was an ungodly man. But there's no indication that he was a liar or a drunk. There's no indication that this man was a thief or an adulterer or an addict This man doesn't curse God. He doesn't blaspheme God. He doesn't mention God. He's just indifferent to God. He just leaves God out of his life. There is no suggestion that this man came by his great riches dishonestly. He appears to be a hard worker, intelligent, industrious. He appears to be a good businessman. He needs new barns because of his hard work that he's put into his crops. He appears to be a good planner, a good administrator. There is no mention of this man being somehow immoral or ungodly in the sense that when we think about being a wicked man or anything like that. No doubt this man was well thought of. He was well respected in the community. He could have been a mainstay in the local house of worship among the people. And yet God says in this verse, or in this passage, that this man was a fool. Now, why was he a fool? This hardworking man, this honest man, this good man, this... This good administrator. Why did God say that this man is a fool? He's a fool because he left God out of his life. He left God out of his family life. He left God out of his financial life. He left God out of his fun life. He left God out of all of his life. He refused to give God the place that God should have in his life. You see, it is very foolish. It is a foolish thing to leave God, the God who created you, and the God who controls the destiny of your life, out of your life. A fool says, no God for me. I will have nothing to do with God. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Hear that? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. You're not as smart as you think you are. You may not think you need God. To make this decision or to go in this way or to do this or to do that. Oh, my friend, don't lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge that there is a God and there is a God who is your God. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Wise is the person who will surrender their life to God and to his governance over their life. So why did God call this man a fool? He was a fool because he left God out of his life. Second of all, a fool is someone who fails to see where their blessings come from. It was God who created the earth out of which this man's crops grew. It's God who made the earth. It's God who created that. It was God who gave the sunshine that allowed the crops to grow. It was God who gave the rain. It was God who gave the nutrients. It was God who gave the elements so that the, man, the, the property of this man could produce his crops. It was God who gave this man his health. It was God who gave this man his strength. It was God who gave this man his intelligence. It was God who gave this man his ability to gain wealth. And yet not one time did this man acknowledge that his blessings came from God. You see, a fool fails to see that all of our blessings come from God. This reminds us of what what the Lord said to the nation of Israel before they entered into the promised land. The nation of Israel was on the brink of going into the promised land. And God directed Moses to say these words to the nation of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 8. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless, you shall thank the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful homes and dwell in them, when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, Then your heart may be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and brought you from the house of bondage. Then you might say in your heart, it's my power and my heart and my hand which has gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth. The word translated power means intelligence. It means ability. It means health. It means strength. It means opportunity. It is God who gives us those things. You have what you have. You have your blessings. The blessings that you have. Because God has blessed you. He's given you the strength to do what you do to gain your wealth. He's given you the ability. He's given you the opportunity. It all comes from God. Now people will rear their back and say, well, I've worked hard. I've gone to college. I work hard every day. How can you say that it is God? Who has given me my wealth? Well, who gives you the strength to do what you do? Who gives you the ability to do what you do? Who gives you the intelligence to do what you do? Who has given you the opportunity to do what you do? My friend, all blessings come from God. Amen. But a fool fails to see that. A fool gives him himself credit, herself credit, for what God has blessed them with. James 1.17, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father. A fool fails to thank God. He fails to acknowledge God as the source of all of his blessings. Every moment of life is a blessing that comes from God. Your next heartbeat, the next beat of your heart, the next moment of your life is a blessing that comes from God, and only God can give that blessing. Amen. Because if he doesn't give that blessing, we'll be having your funeral very soon. <laughs> Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. A fool fails to thank God, fails to acknowledge God as the source of all of his blessings. Proverbs 21:4 is an interesting <coughs> verse. It says this, a haughty look, a haughty look. You know what that looks like? A haughty look. A proud heart. And listen to this phrase. The plowing of the wicked are sin. Now how is the plowing of the wicked a sin? Well, the word plowing can refer to the work, work that a wicked person does. wicked person, a person who leaves God out of their life, gets up and they work every day. How is that a sin? It's a sin because they fail to thank God for the ability to do what they do and for the ability to gain their wealth. It's a sin not to acknowledge God as the source of blessings and to thank Him. And I tell you, I know we all have difficulties in life. I know we all have challenges in life. And sometimes we ask, why God? Why? Why is this happening to me? There was a great song sung by a singer by the name of Laura Story some years ago. Sometimes the challenges and the difficulties of life are God's blessings in disguise. Because they lead to greater things for us. So this man was a fool. He was a fool because he left God out of his life. He was a fool because he failed to acknowledge that God was the source of all of his blessings. Also, a fool is someone who neglects their soul. Like so many people in our world today, this man was greedy. Greedy (laughs) guts. You know? Why are you paying some of the prices that you're paying now? A loaf of bread is $4. Seriously? I remember when you could get three loaves of bread for a dollar. Every time I go to the grocery store, I ask God to, re- to, give, to, to repent, to help me to repent of what I think about all of those prices that I see. I know people have to make a living, but there's a lot of greed in this world. Amen. This man was greedy, he was selfish. he was materialistic. His whole life was fixated on the earthly, on the physical, on the material. This man never once thought about his soul. He thought about his body and he thought about what he had and he thought about the worldly things of this world, but he never thought about his soul. It is a foolish thing for a person to devote their entire life to accumulating material things that will pass away while they neglect their soul, which is forever. All that we have in this world is passing away. The Bible says that all that we have in this world one day will be burned up. It will be gone forever. But your soul will be forever. It is a foolish thing for a person to devote themselves simply and solely to the things of this world while neglecting their soul. It is also foolish to think that earthly riches and material abundance alone can bring lasting peace and satisfaction. That's not how God made us. It is God who has made us and God has made us with a certain part of us that will never be fulfilled until we know the God who made us and created us. Matthew 4.4 Man shall not live by bread alone, But every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, only God can satisfy the soul of a man. It doesn't matter how beautiful a person is. It doesn't matter how healthy they may be or how much money they have or material possessions that they have until a person has a relationship with God, their Creator, through the Lord Jesus Christ. We will never be ultimately happy and there will always be something missing in our life. I see people today craving for something to give their life meaning and purpose. I often characterize it like this The kid in high school can't wait till he gets out of high school or she gets out of high school. They can't wait to get to college because they think when they get to college, their life is going to be fulfilled. And so they get to college, and it's good for a while. But there's something still missing in their life. So they can't wait to get out of college. To get that job. They say, if I just had that job, man, my life will be so fulfilled. And so they get out of college, they get that job, and everything is wonderful. But that old annoying emptiness in their life comes back. So they can't wait till they get married. Then they find that one and they get married and they think, now finally, I have all that they need. And even though their marriage may be wonderful, there's still something missing in their life. So they go from one experience to the next, trying to find something to give their life meaning and purpose. And sometimes people turn to things that will really hurt them and harm them physically. Like drugs and alcohol and things like that. Because there's something wrong. There's something missing. There's something not quite right in their life. No matter how successful they may be. No matter how much money they may have. There's always something not right. And it won't be right. Until they know the God who made them. And the God who loves them. And they know that God through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Only God can satisfy the soul of a human being. And until that person knows God, there'll always be something wrong. My kids were little. We'd go to the grocery store, and you know those stupid magazines they have as you check out of the grocery store? I saw one one time where aliens met with President Clinton. And they had a picture of the alien, a little green guy. I didn't know he had met, that green guy had met with President Clinton. My kids were always laughing about those things. They called them lie papers. And they'd say sometimes, Daddy, can we buy a lie paper? And I'd no. We call them a lie paper for one particular reason. Because they're full of lies. Sometimes when you check out and you see those magazines and it's all about these famous people, these Hollywood people, these celebrities, and it always talks about even though they got all of this stuff, they have troubles in their life. And you would think that with all of the fame they have, all of the fortune that they have, all of the attention that they have, all of the notoriety that they have, that there would be nothing wrong with those folks. And yet there's something missing in their life. Because no matter how successful you may be, no matter how famous you may be, no matter what you may have in this world, until you know God through the Lord Jesus Christ, there will always be something missing in your life. Life will never be what it ought to be, no matter what you have. But when you come to know Christ, and you find that connection with God, and you have that relationship with God, He's the one who will give you lasting peace. And His peace doesn't depend on the things of this world. Some of the happiest people on the face of the earth are some of the poorest materially because they know God and they have that relationship with God. You see, a fool is someone who neglects their soul, who just thinks life is about getting all that you can get and having all that you can have. Nothing wrong with getting stuff, But that cannot be the point of life. The point of life is to know the God who made you. And the God who loves you. And to live in relationship with Him through the Lord Jesus Christ. So a fool is someone who leaves God out of their life. A fool is someone who doesn't see that their blessings come from God. A, a fool is someone who lives life for the physical and for the material, but they neglect their own soul. And finally, a fool is someone—a huh, fool is someone who forgets that their life and their destiny is in the hands of God. That's right. See, this man—he built his new barns. Now, why did he tear down the old barn? My dad would have said, that's foolish. My dad was a barn builder. I helped my dad build a couple of barns on our property. He didn't tear down the old, he just tried to fix it up and build a new. This man built his new barns. And then he looked at all the abundance of crops that he had and all the deposit of those crops in his barns, and then he talked to himself. Do you ever talk to yourself? It's okay to talk to yourself, just watch it when you begin to answer yourself. Luke 12, verses 19 and 20. This man said, I will say to my soul, soul, you have many good things laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. This man was sure that he was going to live for many years. But God, but God said to him, fool, this night, Your soul will be required of you. Then, whose things will those be which you have provided? It is a foolish thing for a person to forget that their life is in the hands of the God who made them. And that one day, we are all going to give an account to the God who made us for how we live the life that he gave us. We live in a world that hates accountability. No one wants to be held accountable for anything. Not my fault, it's my mama's fault. She didn't hug me enough. It's not my fault I didn't have enough money. It's not my fault I blame it on this and I blame it on that. What I've done in life, not my fault. Don't hold me accountable, it's somebody else's fault. This world hates to be judged, don't judge me. How dare you judge me? even when we speak biblical truth people will say don't judge me how dare you judge me this world hates accountability it hates judgment but i want to tell you something one day each and every single one of us will stand before the god who made us and we're going to give an account to him for how we have lived our life the life he gave us it is foolish for a person to give their life to accumulating things that they cannot keep and not prepare themselves to meet God. Matthew 16, 26. What does it profit a person? If they gain the whole world, but they lose their own soul. What good is it? That's hyperbole. What good is it if you could gain all of the world All of the riches of the world. What good would it be if you owned the entire world? What good would it be if you owned everything there is to own? What good would it be if you had it all? But in the end, your soul is lost. And you are lost forever from God. What good would it be? A fool is someone who forgets that their life and their destiny is in the hands of God. This man was so prideful and arrogant. I'm going to live for a long time. I have all that I need. He was celebrating what he thought he had given to himself. And God said tonight, tonight you're going to give an account to me. Now I hope I live a long time. I'm 38 years old, and I, I hope I live a long time. You know, and God gives you the, the, the desire. I know how wonderful heaven is. My mom and dad are in heaven. I have friends in heaven. I have family in heaven, relationships in heaven. I know how wonderful heaven is, but God will give you the desire to keep on living in this world. That's a gift that God gives us because we want to live for him and we want to love our family and we want to take care of things God will give you that desire to live in this world even though you know heaven is your home and how wonderful it is God gives you the desire to live I want to live for a long time I want to love the Lord and live for the Lord and I want to see my grandchildren grow up I'd like to see some great grandchildren that would be alright with me but I know one of these days that's going to be it I'm going to leave this old world and I want to be ready to meet God because I know when I close my eyes in this world I will open my eyes in eternity and I will face the God who made me and loves me now how do you face a judge like God my only hope is built on nothing else belts but Jesus love and righteousness only through Jesus am I ready to meet the God who made me and the God who loves me. I, when I stand before the Lord, I'm not going to plead, Lord, I was a, tried to be a good man. I tried to do this. I tried to do that. I'm a wicked man who's been saved by grace. I'm an ungodly man who has been saved by grace. I'm a sinful man who has been saved by grace. When I stand before my God, I'm going to plead Christ and Christ alone. That he is my Lord and he is my Savior and he is my all. That's how you get ready to meet God. So, a fool is someone who leaves God out of their life. A fool is someone who doesn't see that their blessings come from God. You know, I can talk, I can talk the ears off of corn, I'm a talker. God gave me, I guess, the ability to talk. The gift to talk. And I can talk. And, you know, I've been a talker. I've been in radio, a preacher, all kinds of stuff. I'm a talker. But if that's a gift, it's a gift God has given me. I don't take credit for that. My estimation of me is this. I ain't worth two cents. Without Christ, I'm not worth two cents. I'm not even worth one cent. Christ and Christ alone. Christ and Christ alone. A fool is someone who lives their life, but they neglect their soul. They live their life in this world. You know, the richest man in the world. Who is he? Elon Musk or one of those dudes. Got billions and billions and billions of dollars. You know how much they're going to leave when they die? All of it. Every single penny, Just like you and I. Death evens us all out. The only thing we will carry with us from this world to the next is what we have done for Christ. What we have done for Christ. And a fool is someone who forgets that their life and their destiny is in the hands of God. You know, I see people today misbehaving, acting up, doing stuff. You know, there's so much crime these days, so much wickedness these days on the streets. Sometimes people I know, people I love, they do stupid stuff. And I just want to shake them and tell them, look, look, look at me. You're going to face God one day. You may get away with it here. You may get away with it here, but you're not going to get away with it before God. You're going to face God. So get right with Him. Get right with Him by coming to Christ, receiving Him as your Lord and Savior. When this man died, he lost it all, all that he worked for. More tragically, he lost his soul. That is foolish, that is wasteful. This man was rich in the things of this world, but he was not rich toward God. Now the question is, how about you? How about you? Where are your riches? <laughs> I know people talk about being billionaires, and millionaires. Well, I'm a dollar heir. There you go. (laughs) But you know, we make light of that. But the poorest person in America and other countries would be considered the ultra ultra rich people of the world. Isn't that amazing? We are so blessed in this country. To be rich toward God, however, is far more important. I want to be rich toward God. Amen. You know, I see these people with the fancy houses and I don't begrudge that. They can have fancy houses all they want to, I don't care. They can even invite me over, I don't care. I'll eat their steak or whatever. I just, you know, they can have it. That's wonderful, I I don't care. My mansion's not here, my mansion's in glory. (laughs) How about that? My mansion's not here, I don't look for it here, but I know where I'm going. And I know where I'm going because of Christ and Christ alone. I pray that you're rich toward God. That means to know Him as your Lord and Savior, to live a life of faith and commitment. You know, it's every day is a good day to be saved. If you're lost, every day is a good day to be saved. And the first day of 2023 is a good day to be saved if you're not a Christian. Today's a good day to be saved. And God has given you an invitation. Whosoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. Come. Come in confession of your sin. Come in repentance of your sin. Come in faith and trust and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. Come give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Come give your life to Him and you shall be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And your life will be made different. Not because you try to make it different, but because God will make you different. So if you're not a Christian, today's a day good day to be saved. If you are a Christian, brothers and sisters, we are living in the last days. We are living in the last days. That is scoffed at, that's laughed at by many people in the world and even those in the church. But I want to tell you something. I have this firm belief in my heart. Jesus is coming soon. If you take what is written in this Bible and you put it over what is happening in the world, your only conclusion can be we are in the last days. We have nutcases out there who can push a button and start a nuclear war that would devastate the earth. That has never been true until this generation We are in the last days. So what do you do if you're living in the last days? You love Jesus like you've never loved Him before. You love Jesus like you've never loved Him before. You serve Jesus like you've never served Him before. You are faithful to the things of God like you have never been before. And when you have the opportunity to speak a word of witness, you speak boldly as you want to speak. That's how we should live in these last days, unafraid and unashamed, to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. And by the way, as the days go by, and as the Lord tarries His coming, it's dangerous to live for Christ even in America. People are being arrested because of their faithfulness to Jesus. Are you ready to go to jail for the Lord? (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready. I'll start a jail ministry. Me and Brother Jack, we'll share a cell and we'll start a jail ministry, won't we, brother? Absolutely. Let's live for the Lord. Let's make that dedication. Let's make that commitment. And oh God, please pray for our church each and every day. This community needs our church. This community needs our church. This community needs to see a church on fire for Jesus. Pray for our church each and every day.